Well, welcome to Gardening Talk back for a Monday afternoon. Greg Richard here, joined by Scott Sharp. Scott, great to see you back. Great to be here. How are you and how was your weekend? I was sick all weekend, so I was in bed and curled up. I can't have anything exciting at all. You're looking fine and fit and fine now. So oh, I'm better now. That's better all, for us. That's good. <laughs> Nothing but a chicken soup and lots of fluids can't fix. It looks like it's made you stronger. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> How about yourself, Scott? Look, very well. Today, I thought we'd talk about uh, clivias. They're out in uh, flower at the moment, and we can have the debate whether they're called clivias or clivias, because yep. that always comes up. Uh, pruning deciduous trees, sapiums in particular, and oh, they've got funny root systems. What happens if they start to take off? And uh, beans. What if you want to plant some beans? We've got Cole from Saltash, and he's got a questions about a couple of spices, turmeric and ginger. Hey, Cole, how can we help you with them? Uh, Scott, I've... I've got um, containers. They're 100-litre containers cut in half, and they're filled with uh, a really good, rich composting sort of mix. And I'm going to plant out some turmeric and some ginger yes. in them. Uh, is there any particular thing I should feed them? Uh, look, I, I would probably be feeding uh, those particular plants uh, sea salt, in fact, because sea salt is excellent for the root system. And so with uh, with ginger and turmeric, you're actually trying to get the, the bulb from in under the ground, or the, the rhizome, I guess you'd call it. That's that's what you actually use uh, for, you know, in, in the to make up the spice. So you want to make that nice and strong. Uh, so I'd, I'd be using some sea salt just to, you know, to extra promote that. What about worm juice? That's a good one too. And look, it always works really, really well. Worm juice. So uh, if you, if you know, you can, if you've got the worms there and you've got the contraption to uh, get the juice out of the worm, yep. uh, yeah. then yes, uh, I always have uh, had good results with worm juice. So I definitely give that a go. Worm juice and the old sea salt. Definitely with the sea salt. Uh, yeah, look, uh, and uh, turmeric's really quite a beautiful uh, plant. It has uh, really nice yep. sort of flowers on it as well. So uh, I guess the only thing you might find is, uh, you know, they're native to Southeast Asia uh, in, the, in the rainforest. So you just make sure that, uh, you know, they're kept nice and moist and just see how they go in winter, you know, during winter here in Newcastle. They might go backwards a little bit at that time for you. So if you can get them into a protected spot at that time, uh, I think that'd be helpful for them. Well, I grew tomatoes in the pot before. Yes. In, in a sheltered corner. Mm-hmm. So uh, they, they should do, all right? Oh, I think that sounds ideal. Uh, look, I guess if, if there's a little bit of shade as well, that would be good for them as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah right. just, just a touch of shade so they're not getting that, you know, that real blast of afternoon sun. Great. Okay, Thanks good luck. Good luck with the call. Enjoy. And uh, we might make up a nice broth to get uh, Greg feeling better if he gets sick. Oh, yeah, that'll do the job. Yeah. Lemon, lemon and honey never fails. Uh, I always thought a bit of ginger in there it would make it, uh, you yeah. know, make you feel a bit better as well. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cheers. What was your uh, What was your cure for the weekend, mate? Cure for the weekend it was yeah. just a lot of water. Oh, okay. And sleeping. And sleeping. Yeah. yeah. And chicken soup never goes astray either. No, that's that's always a good one. All right. I think we've got Ken from Wonge in the line. He's got a question about the blueberry shrubs. Hey, Ken. How can we help you? Well, we don't. No, we don't. Ken's disappeared. We've seemed to have disappeared. Okay. Mentioned a bit earlier, clivias or clivias, yes. as they like to be known as. Well, I've always called them clivias, but uh, apparently they were named after Lady Clive. Uh, and uh, 
Robert Clive, he was uh, a, a fellow who uh, had some interests in, in India, you know, obviously a, a well-to-do Englishman. Yep. And uh, his wife, uh, they were named after that. Clivias are a really, really beautiful plant. They're fantastic in the shade and they're out in flower at this time of year. So you can get orange-coloured uh, ones. You can get ones with more of a deep red to them. You can also get uh, some really beautiful yellow ones. And they've become uh, far more popular. And I guess they've come down in price as well because at first they were quite expensive when they came out, uh, you know, five or six years ago because they were quite rare and uh, you know, I guess slow to grow and get the seed, but they are now coming down in price, uh, and so they're more accessible to people. And again, look, very, very easy plant to uh, look after. As long as they're not out in the sun, you can virtually have them sitting out of the ground bare-rooted, and they won't die on you. They're quite an amazing plant like that. Yep, as long as they're not in the sun. They're not in the sun. That's about the only thing uh, that will kill them. So, uh, look, Clive is a really uh, you know, beautiful plant. They're actually from uh, South Africa, but they'll definitely grow here in Australia, uh, you know, from pretty much from... Uh, Oh, you know, from Tasmania, sort of right up to the tropics, they're a very, very versatile plant, uh, as long as they're in the shade. Very good. Yep. I think we might have Ken back from Wanji. How are you, Ken? Oh, fine. How are you, Scott? Oh, good, Ken. How can we help you, mate? Uh, well, we were given a, a blueberry at Christmas time, and it was about uh, half a metre tall. Yes. And then during the autumn, all the leaves turned to a really reddish-brown colour. Yep, they'll do that, yep. And all of them but four fell off. Now, the four... Leaves are still on it, and they've uh, got through all the wind we've had recently. Yep. But the plant doesn't look real good, and I'm wondering whether it's um, it's got no. I mean, I believe in nurseries they're, they're fully uh, covered in green leaves and fruit at the moment, but ours just doesn't look real crash on. Yeah. Look, in the nurseries they are like that at the moment. You might have find that they, uh, you know, might have been grown in a hot house or something like that to get them looking like that, or transported from up north. Uh, they will go, like you've said, they sort of become semi-deciduous when it gets cold. Uh-huh. Uh, so the way yours has dropped its leaves, they've gone to a red colour, that's fine. Just make sure you're watering it well at the moment. I'd even give it a light prune back. Uh, you know, just maybe take a third off the top of the plant and uh, see how you go. And I think you'll find within the next couple of weeks as it's warming up and it's got lots and lots of water, uh, it will come back for you. Okay, good. Uh, the other quick question was, uh, petunias, is there a trick to keeping them uh, nice and uh, uh, thick in the garden rather than get long and rangy? Yeah, so there's a couple of different petunias you can get. You can get the uh, sort of the spreading ones and they can get a little bit rangy for you. But like any other plant, you can actually sort of pinch petunias back if you want to or give them, you know, I guess that's in effect giving them a light prune and, and that will actually thicken them up for you as well. So if you find they are getting a bit rangy and starting to spread out around the place, Definitely give them a little pinch back and uh, that'll thicken them up for you. And especially the spreading ones, if you uh, give those a pinch, that'll certainly thicken them up as well. Does that mean like more or less taking the flowers off as well? Or what? Uh, look, if, if there are you know flowers there where it's getting a bit rangy, you can take that part off as well. But mostly it's the actual plant that you just uh, give a light cut back to. All right. Thank you for your help. Okay. Not a problem at all. Thanks Have for that, nice Ken. Day. You too. Bye. Cheers. Bye. And we've got Beryl from Kilburn Bay and she's got another question about blueberries. How can we help you with them, Beryl? Hi, hi, Scott. Um, our, I d- didn't hear the other man's question about his blueberry plant. Mine is huge. We always get heaps of blueberries on it, but this year there's, they're forming into a proper blueberry, but the ones beside them are all drying up and shriveled. 
Right. And it has plenty of water. It has plenty of water. Okay. Uh, They can get a a fungal disease, although I would say that would be unusual because it has been so dry. Uh, Is it in the ground or in a pot, the one that you've got? It's in a pot, in a huge pot. It's in a huge pot. Okay. Look, how often are you watering it? Oh, I'd say every second day. We've been watering everything. Okay, look, when they do shrivel up like that, that is usually a sign that, uh, you know, they're not getting enough water. However, if the ones that are next to them, uh, you know, are looking okay, uh, you know, that might not be the problem either. I would use, just make sure that you're watering every day, even a couple of times a day, uh, because the plant at the moment is using as much moisture as it possibly can to make those, you know, those blueberries nice and juicy for you. Uh, So it's important that they've got heaps of water at the moment. Loaded with blueberries. Yeah, and, and look, that, that can also be, you know, the problem as well, that the plant's getting a little bit too optimistic for itself and it's sucking yeah. so much moisture out of the soil there. And, okay. you know, if we've had a windy day, you know, we've got very, very low humidity at the moment and yeah. all of a sudden we're getting heat as well. Uh, you know, I, I think that might be your first port of call to try and just make sure you're watering it every day, even twice a day if you need to. Okay, I at can this, do that. Yeah, at this time when the plant's a little bit stressed. Oh, good. Thank you very much. Not a problem. Thanks, Scott. Okay. Have a good day. Good luck with it. See Thanks. you, Beryl. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, we've got Beverly now from Belmont South, and she's got a question about pineapple plants. Everyone's ringing in, I think, with like healthy plants today to try and cure your illness of the weekend. Pineapples, vitamin C, blueberries, vitamin C, and all sorts of other stuff, I'm sure. Because I've probably heard I just had water all week, and they said, get some fruit into get you. Get some fruit and energy into you, mate. What's going on? <laughs> hey, Beverly, how can we help you with your pineapple? Hello, Scott. Um, I've just picked uh, a pineapple off of my plant. Yes. But it's got another, looks like another little pineapple growing on the side and then three on the bottom. Oh, how cute. It's had little pineapple babies. <laughs> so uh, it is the right time for the pineapple to be starting to pine at the moment. Uh, or apple. I don't know how what they do if they pine or if they apple. It's pineapple maybe. I've just picked a huge pineapple off it. And did it ripen up? Because, yeah. Oh, because usually they're meant to have ripened up by, you know, April or May, and then you're meant to pick it then, and then the plant goes through winter. So I guess you've been lucky that it's gone all the way through winter for you, and you've got a, you yeah. know little babies coming on. So uh, that's fantastic. Are they fruit or are they other plants? Uh, look, they will actually grow into other plants for you. Yeah, and if you want to, you know the old trick, you actually cut the top off the one you've got at the moment and you can yeah, replant Yeah, you can replant yeah. that and it will take off for you again as well. Yeah, I've got uh, I've got about eight of them that I've done that with and I've got another three that are starting to fruit. But it was just, I've never seen anything like these things coming off the side and up the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Look, they, they are a form of bromeliad, so they will just clump like a bromeliad does, uh, and that's why they don't particularly like it so much here in winter either. Where have you got yours, uh, Beverly? In the full sun or in a little bit of shade? In the full sun. Oh, okay. There, yeah. there was a place over in Adamstown, I remember, uh, I walked past one time. They almost had like a whole front hedge of pineapple plants. It actually looked quite nice. Because they've got a yeah. really nice grey foliage to them, a sort of spiky grey. It's just like the top of the pineapple plant, but it's just gone a bit crazy, and then other pineapples okay, yep. grow back out yeah. of the top of that. Yeah, it's quite quite interesting. It's yeah, quite an odd plant, I've just isn't it? Never seen anything like this um, one with all the 
things growing up underneath it, I thought. Yeah, look, don't be concerned. That, that's how it's going to grow for you as they start to clump. So, uh, look, it might be, might be that, uh, you know, if they're a little bit uh, close to each other, you might need to pinch one of those out just so they don't get a little bit deformed if they're growing, you know, against each other. Uh, but okay. gen- generally, just make sure they're going to have enough space. You can imagine, you know, how big a pineapple gets, so make sure they're going to have enough space when they spread out. Okay. I, I was surprised when this has grown through winter. I thought, sort of expected them to start now and then go through the summer. Yeah, and, and that's exactly what they're meant to do. So your little baby ones that are uh, coming on now, that's, that's sort of nature working properly. Um, you're one that sort of went through winter's nature being a little bit unusual. <laughs> well, it's the best pineapple I've seen in a long time. Oh, fair. And what are you going to do with that pineapple? <laughs> I've been checking that pineapple every day. Well, I, I, I bet it's going to be lovely and sweet and juicy for you. Thank you. Okay. You have a nice afternoon, Beverly. And you. Thank okay. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And full of vitamin C as well. So next time you're sick, have drink, a pineapple. Have a pineapple. Just munch into a pineapple. Skin it first. Skin it first, yes, yeah. I was actually somewhere on the weekend, This uh, and I uh, ran into uh, Mr. Abbott, Mr. Tony Abbott. Remember, he bit into an onion that time. So this is a little bit like you with that pineapple. You just bite into, into the pineapple. Bite into a whole pineapple. Yes. And remove splinters later. It wouldn't be very nice on the tongue, would it? No, it wouldn't be overly pressurable. We've got Tom now from Aberglassen, and he's got a question about the yesterday, today, and tomorrow shrub. Hey, Tom, how can we help you with it? Good afternoon. I've got one facing the morning sun. It's about a metre high. There's about, oh, I've got about 12 plants it's along the side of the house. Uh, for the last two years, it hasn't flowered. Now, I haven't trimmed it uh, for a number of years, and it should be out in flower around about this time, shouldn't it? So does it need a trim and then some fertiliser to boost it along for next year? Yes, I'll do that. And, and you said it's in a little bit of shade? Yes, yes. Yeah, they do like the full sun, but you know it should at least have an attempt at flowering for you. So uh, I'd be fertilising it, I'd probably use some sulphate of potash just to try and promote flowering. Uh, you might get some spot flowering this year out of it if you start fertilising, but uh, I'd be using it now generally all year round. And uh, you know, hopefully next year it'll flower properly for you. So it's about a metre high if I just want to give it a, a, a shaping sort of thing or a cut a third off or something like that yeah look generally a third is you know the maximum you take off a plant when you're going to prune it like that unless you're heavy pruning uh but yeah look just general a little general shape that uh, should promote some new growth but it should be flowering for you at this time of year right and it only flowers once a year doesn't it they do you might get some spot flowering later but uh, generally you know with yesterday today and tomorrow you only get that single flowering period right okay thanks very much scott okay good luck with it tom thank you okay thank you bye We've got Don from Merriweather, and he's got a few questions about tomatoes. Don, how can we help you with those uh, beautiful red fruit? About a fortnight ago, Scott, you were talking about a breed of tomato. I heard about it, but I wasn't on the. I wasn't listening to the radio, so consequently, that's all I know about what you were talking about. Was it one of the trust ones I was talking about? I think. I don't know. Two, um, two, two weeks is a, is a long time around here in, in my oh, brain. <laughs> it, uh, I think it might have been one of the truss uh, plums that I was talking about. Uh, you, you get a really nice sized little tomato. They're not uh, you know, an enormous tomato. So you, you yeah. get that truss that sort of hangs down. And if you need to, you just go pick a couple of them off. So they're not uh, you know, a cherry tomato. They're, they're bigger than that. They're sort of an in-betweeny size and yeah, very, very and- easy to look after. 
do they have a specific name? Yeah, they're just called trust plums, or trust tr- trust, plums. trust tomatoes. Yes. So you know, you know when you go to the shops and you actually see them in the packet and yeah, they're sort I know, of, yeah, yeah yeah so that's they'll actually they'll grow like that for you uh, so you can just pick off a couple of them from the truss as it's coming along and uh, take them inside and put them in the salad. Fair enough. Now going a little bit further, when you're talking to. Uh Tony Abbott, did you have your budgie smugglers on? Uh, we, look, we weren't in a place where it was a little bit cold for the budgie smugglers where we were, but I'd have to say, not defending him, but he was a man of the people. He was standing in line just like everyone else. He wasn't uh, using any privilege. He was standing there waiting for every in line just to, to get served like everyone else was. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I was quite surprised. I thought he might have uh, pulled out his VIP access card, but no, he, he was there doing the right thing. Did he know he was standing in line? Yeah, he did know he was standing. He was there with his wife. Maybe she took him in line and said, you've got to stand here. Probably, yeah. He probably did. <laughs> yeah. Okay, thanks very much, Don. Okay, good on you, Don. Thank you. See you later. Cheers, bye-bye. Bye. Cheers, thanks, Don. We've got Cheryl from the Bellbird, and he's, she needs some advice about fruit trees. Hello, Cheryl. What sort of fruit trees have you got? Uh, it's it's my daughter, Imbathis. Yes. But, um, yeah, she's got a Granny Smith and a little... Red apple and uh, peaches and stuff, but they're not going very well. But what had happened a month ago? She's got a cherry tree too, mm-hmm. and there was a off bit from that, and I've taken it home here to Be- to Bellbird, and uh, and it's I wasn't too sure if I'd get to keep it or not, but at the moment it's got little leaves and some buds and that. I'm wondering, is it too late to feed it? Um, or do I just keep watering it and see what comes up this, like, you know, if it keeps going this year or, um, whatever, yeah, do I feed it or? Yeah, look, at the moment I would only use a liquid fertiliser on it, so you actually yeah. took a cutting from the cherry tree, did you? Well, it's come out of the ground, so I kind of oh, dug okay. around it put and I've potted it. Mm-hmm. My husband thinks that the pot's too small, I should transplant it again. Yeah, look, I think, no. Not till it goes dormant again, but yeah. Well, well look, you, you can wait that long if you want to, but what you're really waiting for is the roots to solidify in the pot a little bit for you. And if you've only just yeah. dug it out, you know, repotting it now is just going to disturb those roots and possibly damage them. So yeah. I'd, I'd leave it in the pot now. Look, you can certainly leave it in there for the year. Don't be worried about that as long as it's big enough. Look, only yeah. you can tell that. Oh, it's a, yeah, it's a fair size. Oh, good, good. That it come, but, um, you know, like... So I'm just hoping that I get to keep it and then get some cherries too. Yeah, yeah. And, but, and you, uh, you might well get cherries up there at Bellboy, Bird. Are you in a sort of a cold spot up there? Oh, uh, not really. Yeah, you know, we get a little bit of frost, but not very much. Yeah, and look, that's what you do need for the for the cherries and apples. Oh, do you? Yeah, apples oh, okay. as well. And that's why your daughter out of, at Bathurst. She's growing. Them. Yeah, and that's yeah. why you have so much success with apples and things. Yeah, you know, people yeah. will come into work and say, oh, you know, I really want to get an apple tree. And yeah. you say, oh, look, okay, look, look they will, they will grow here. Yeah. But... Uh, as far as getting fruit off there and, and you know, nice crisp sort of fruit, yeah. uh, you, you yeah. just won't get it because it's just not cold enough yeah. here. And that's yeah. what I often say to people, look, if you're up around Cessnock and, you know, yeah. out the back of the hills there like where you are yeah. and, you know, you might get a frost or you're in a bit of a hollow and you okay. get a chill there, then it's okay. But once you go west of the ranges at yeah. Bathurst and a little bit south, okay. uh, that's when it really starts to work for you. With so those with her of... being in Bathurst, mm-hmm. how often does she have to feed her trees? She moved into this house all about three years ago. We got a good lot of crop of fruit yeah. um, because hers is all on, on the side of the house. Yeah. She's got a big, long house, so the the three trees, four trees are on the house. Then she's got the cherry, tree, cherry tree away from the house. 
but all the other trees haven't um, fruited properly. Like last year, she'd gone off to a, a gardening place and said that she had curly leaf and she told her to cut the whole lot all back. Well, all the fruit was sitting there and she cut all the trees back, but she hasn't had decent fruit for three years. How often should she feed the ground? Because she doesn't know much about it. It's me that I do my little garden here at Bellbird and I try to tell her to do stuff, but she says, oh, it's the wrong time of the year. You, you live in Bellbird, we live in Bathurst. Yeah. How often should she feed that fruit that she's, like her trees there. Yeah, look, the world the world's not so different west of the ranges. You can still yeah. uh, feed, you know, two or three times a year if you want to out there. Yeah. Uh, you know, use cow manure. Uh, yeah. for, and the other thing she probably needs to do is give her uh, trees a prune back as well once they're finished fruiting to try and get the new growth because that's where you get the the, uh, the flowers and the fruit on the new growth of the plant. So that is important. So she to should do that. cut that back around about February. Yes, that's what she should be doing. Yes. Okay, then. Yep. And for the cherry tree, now she gets the cherries, but as soon as they're nearly ready, something eats them. Oh, look, <laughs> who knows what it could be out there. Um, yeah. Uh, but, but the seeds, like I was speaking to her this morning, as she said, the seed's still there, connected to the little branch. So is that a little grub or, or what? Oh, it, it could be. It could be Craig Lowndes, you know, when he's out there for the race. He could get a little bit uh, peckish and <laughs> yeah, so he's just yeah, up there nibbling yeah. away. Very, he needs all the energy to, you know, They're drive They're too that. close to the track. That's awful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, uh, I haven't had that much experience with cherries and as far as their pests yeah, because yeah. we just don't see them here in Newcastle. Yeah. Uh, look, the only thing, you know, you could have a grub in them. I think that would be unusual. They're such a, a small fruit. Uh, look, if anyone yeah. has any had any experience with pest and disease on cherries, it would be fantastic for they could call in and yeah. uh, maybe give us some of that information. So does she just spray them with that, um, oh, that smelly stuff? I can't think what you call it. Is it sulfur or something? That yellow spray that you spray most of your plants with? Yeah, look, you, fruit, you give it yeah. sulphur when the plant's deciduous. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, you don't use sulphur because it will burn away the leaves on the plant. Oh, so okay. only, only when there's nothing on the plant to that sort of... That eggy smell. Yes, yeah, that, that's, that's I sulphur. I can't think what yeah. you call it. Yeah, that's sulphur. So when you've pruned yeah. the plant back, that's when you give it a spray with that to seal it all up and get rid of any pest and disease that's yeah. on the plant. So when, you, when the plant's starting to come alive again, do you still spray it with that or do you spray it with something else like the fruit trees and that? Yeah, look, definitely not when the plant's coming out of dormancy and there's leaves. At any time when there's leaves on there, you never use sulphur because it will burn the leaves of the plant away. It's only when it's dormant. Oh, so what should you spray to stop any pests? Well, look, it depends what's on there. You just don't, you know, I'd never advocate sort of, you know, willy-nilly spraying around the place because you want the bees there to be fertilising so you get the fruit on there as well. And, oh. and it also depends what's, you know, what's eating the plant. You know, if you get grasshoppers, for instance, you know, spraying's yeah. next to useless with grasshoppers. Uh, yeah. You know, for some fungal diseases, like if she's got curly leaf, it might be worth, you know, using a fungicide on that. You know, they're not harmful to the environment using a fungicide. Yeah. Uh, but certainly, you know, just sort of using insecticides, uh, you know, probably isn't the best way to go. Oh, okay then. Yeah. That's great then. Okay. Oh, good. That's taught me something. Excellent. Okay. Thank you very much for your time. Okay. Good luck with it, Cheryl. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We've got Louise from Maryland, and she's got a question about the curly leaves that are growing on her mandarin tree. That doesn't sound too good, Louise. How can we help you with it? Um, it's not a very old Now the leaves are curling. I put white oil on it, but they still seem to be curling. But some of the leaves at the bottom are actually going yellow. It's got really good, nice. 
or what you think the problem with the leaf? Yeah, look, curly leaf on citrus trees usually comes around February and March when the citrus leaf miner uh, moth is flying around and, and it lays its little pupa. Uh, and it gets in through the membrane of the leaf. We'll get plenty of callers about it around then. I, I can be sure it's like a gold mine of callers for us in February and March, the citrus leaf miner. Sounds a bit unusual that yours is doing that at the moment. Uh, look, the other thing citrus can get is they can get a mite on them, and they'll be in there sucking the sap out of the leaf, and that can create curling as well. Uh, but again, because it's been so cold, those insects are usually you know fairly dormant at the moment. Uh, are you watering your plant, uh, you know, nicely? Because you did say it's in a pot. Yeah, yes, yeah, yep, yeah, we water, you know, yeah, every couple of days or so we give it a bit of moisture. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Look, at the moment with low humidity, I and and that new growth that you've got on there as well, I would probably yeah. increase your watering to uh, you know at least every day, uh, even yeah. even uh, you know a couple of times a day if it's uh, you know warm and windy like it uh, looks like it might be for the next few days. Uh, when yeah. we get these westerly winds, because you don't want that tender new growth sort of curling up and, and going bad on you. Uh, yeah. Look, the other thing citrus can do is they, they do get a little bit wintry as well, so the leaves will just generally yellow off uh, in winter at times, uh, especially the older leaves, so don't be too concerned about it. As long as you've got that you know nice, fresh new growth coming on up there. Uh, in, a, yeah. in a pot, if you're going to fertilise, uh, <laughs> use a product called... Uh, bounce back which is a pelletized manure and uh, if you want to you can also every couple of weeks uh, use a product called flourish which is a liquid fertilizer which is fantastic for the plants it gives them a nice instant feed and uh, that does them a, you know a, a real treat for the plant yeah so the the one you'd use every three to four months is called bounce back it's a pelletized yep. manure and the liquid one's called flourish and you can use that okay. every every couple of weeks if you want to Okay. okay, and look, once we get to February and March and the citrus leaf miner is out and about, uh, you, you use a product called Eco Oil, which uh, sort of forms a protective uh, barrier over the plant to try and stop that moth laying its uh, eggs in there. Uh, sounds a bit unusual at the moment. I wouldn't, you know, go spraying that at the moment. No, not that it's harmful to the environment or anything, but uh, I think you'd probably be wasting your time, really. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Okay, thank you, Louise. Cheers. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. We've got Clive from Warners Bay, and he's got a question about a lime tree in a pot. Sounds yeah, good. lime and lemonade it is. Yes, what's going wrong with it, Clive? Well, I've got a heap of blossom, and I'm just wondering what I should feed it with. Yeah, so look, I'd only be or using... should I feed it now? Yeah, and the only thing you'd use is a liquid fertiliser at the moment because the plant's actually sort of a little bit fragile when it's got uh, blossom on there and it doesn't like a big burst of uh, fertiliser coming into it because it can then drop its blossom. But I would say that the main thing that you do at the moment is water, water, water for that plant because the first thing it will do is drop those uh, blossoms and then for you won't get any fruit if it dries out. So watering is very, very important at the moment. Uh, it seems that citrus trees, especially limes in Newcastle, always fruit and flower at this time of year uh, when the westerly winds and the dry conditions come along. So, uh, you know, it can be a, a fairly stressful time for the plant. So, I, I, you know, I really can't say uh, to you, you know, water it, you know, very, very regularly at the moment. So water, water is the main thing? At the moment, definitely, yeah. Fertilising, you know, it won't harm the plant, liquid fertiliser, but it won't be, you know, as helpful as just getting you know, a couple of good drinks a day. All right, then. Okay, and look, still expect some of it to drop off because often the plant gets a little bit, uh, you know, over-eager and uh, thinks it's going to reproduce just a little bit too much and, uh, you know, it will drop off anyway, but you'll minimise that uh, by watering the plant as heavily as possible. Yeah, I did, last year I did put some cow manure on it 
and I haven't put anything on it at all since then. Yeah, so look, you said it's in a pot, didn't you? Pot, yeah. Yeah, so look, definitely avoid using, uh, you know, straight manures like that with a plant in a pot because, uh, you know, you can use a small amount, but I always say don't do it because people get a little bit generous and they give the plant too much and then they end up uh, actually burning uh, the, the plant. And the other thing about uh, citrus trees is they actually prefer poultry manure anyway. So if you've got a citrus uh, plant in the ground, use poultry manure on it oh, po- po- yeah, po- rather, po- rather than cow manure. Look, one or two times isn't going to hurt it, Clive. But, um, you know, if you start overusing cow manure, you'll actually make the soil too acidic and uh, citrus trees like a slightly alkaline soil. All right then. Righto. Thank you very much. Not a problem at all. That's what we're here for, Clive. Righto. Thank okay, you. Bye. Cheers. Have a good afternoon. Cheers, thanks, Clive. Scott, I think we've got time for one more caller. Uh, we'll squish and squash that caller in. We've got Ron from Glen William, and he's got a question about mango trees. How can we help you with it, Ron? Well, I um, I got a couple of uh, uh, honey dew mango, uh, honey mangoes. I think how they call them uh, last year, and um, I decided to keep the seeds. I was so nice, and um, I've managed to grow them. But I was just wondering about. Um, uh, what best to feed them with, uh, whether they'll do, how well they'll do in uh, our area, and uh, are they affected by fruit fly? Uh, yes, they are affected by fruit fly. So you do have to spray mangoes uh, to try and keep fruit fly out of them, or actually, you're best to actually try and trap the fruit fly and have lures around the place. Uh, look, yes, uh, so you've got those in pots at the moment. Yes, I have, yes. Yeah, so you're going to have to keep them in there for, for quite some time until the root system sort of steadies itself up. Uh, you know, it might not be until February that you decide to, uh, you know, pull those out and replant them. Yeah, right-o. Um, two of them are doing fairly well. Yep. Two are a bit slow. One, two of them are about a foot high, 300 mil. Oh, that's, that's doing pretty well then, yeah. And two of them are about 150 mils high. Yeah, so look, I'd definitely wait until February or March before you replant them. They, they will do just fine around here. Uh, if, you know, they're going into winter, they can, as a small plant, get damaged by frost and cold weather. Uh, so, you know, it might be worth even, you know, just trying to get them into a sheltered spot and leave them in a bigger pot over winter for the first, uh, you know, year or so. Uh, but look, yeah. they'll certainly grow very well around here. Yeah, you might just have to wait a little bit uh, for a seed-grown mango to, to fruit. Uh, you probably have to wait, I think, about four years before they'll fruit for you. Well, that won't be too bad. I can wait that long, I suppose. Yeah, and, and in, in truth, you want the plant to get big enough that it can actually uh, sustain you know, having fruit on it anyway. It's no good sort of having a, you know, a little young pup sort of fruit deciding you know, after a year or so, oh, I'm going to get a, you know, a brace of mangoes on me, and the plant really can't uh, sustain that. So you know, after about four years, that's probably the time to let the uh, plant start cropping properly. Right, then. Uh, so just probably uh, better off just leaving them... Uh... Uh, in a in a bigger pot probably next year as well. Yeah, and just get it, in, you know, over winter, try and get it into a nice sheltered spot, uh, you know, under another tree, for instance, just so you don't get that cold settling on it. Right, uh, then. Thanks very much for your help. Okay, and good luck with it, Ron. Thanks very much. Okay, uh, have, a, have a nice all afternoon. All the best. Okay, cheers. Right, thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks, Ron. It's Talk back on 2 and you are FM. Scott, we've almost run out of time, but if there's a few more things you'd like to mention, I think you were speaking about beans. Beans. Beans a bit earlier. Yes, I actually quite like beans. I remember when I was a kid that, you know... Oh, I hated them. Oh, didn't your nan make them nice for you? No. I've only just enjoyed the true pleasures of beans. Now, I think beans would be fantastic for you. A, they'd probably make you feel a little bit better as well, so when yep. you're getting sick. So what, pineapple? Beans. Yeah, beans, blueberries, and... And ginger. And ginger. I th- and uh, we've... 
turmeric sprinkled, yeah. sprinkled over it. <laughs> You'll be like a superhuman. You'll never get the common curls again if that's your complete diet. Don't tell me I'll be a superhuman. I'll start walking through traffic on the way home. <laughs> or through walls. Uh, you just go straight through the door here. Uh, look, beans are very, very, very easy to grow. So that's another reason, mate, why you might want to give them a crack. Yep. Yep. Uh, so look, kids can grow them. Uh, they're good in a sort of a, a small area as well because you can get them growing up a trellis. Uh, and there's lots of different varieties. There's dwarf beans you can get. There's the full, uh, you know, uh, size beans as well. The growing plants, and they'll get up to about six foot over a trellis. We're talking green beans, aren't we? We are talking green beans, but there are other coloured beans as well. If you want to have a go at those too. Okay. You can get purple ones. Yep. And you can also get yellow sort of butter beans. And apparently have a really nice buttery taste. Oh, I've never actually tasted though. Maybe I should go home tonight. And, They're not uh, bad. And give, oh, yeah. so you are a bean aficionado. I wouldn't say a bean aficionado. Right. Well, I can't even say it. So. <laughs> Be have given it a, a try though. Uh, yeah. I'd give it a try. Yeah. Like, I'm more of a black bean person, but I'd definitely go... Butter beans, they're quite good. And the other thing, uh, there's batoli beans as well. And I, I think you use those in uh, minestrone. That'd be fantastic for your illness. It would be. Yeah. Love a good minestrone. So beans, very easy to grow for everyone. I think we'll have to talk about beans next week because we're running out of time, Scott. Okay, we'll give them another go next week. I think there's, there's a lot of beans we can cover. Okay, we'll do that. We'll talk about fertilising, all sorts of stuff about them. Thank you very much, Scott Sharp. I'll catch you next week. Yes, see you then.